What's up, everybody? We are back. Roll for damage. The D&D 5th edition live play podcast, except again, we have some stuff going on. We're knocking some some filler streams out for you guys, some filler episodes. It's uh, me and Corey today. Um, hey, everybody. We are going to talk about, I have made a top 10, it would be antagonists for you to have in your D&D campaign, the BBEG of your campaign, whether it's a campaign to level 20, campaign to level 5, 6, 8, 10, 12, these are all numbers between 1 and 20. Uh, me, and Corey, yeah, yeah. me and Corey wanted to kind of do a little thing where we do some notes for like DMs and players maybe. Uh, players, if you hear, if you like research BBEGs and go to your DMs and be like, hey, I really like you know, devils or demons, like their lore really uh, intrigues me. A lot of times DMs... The whole campaign around them. Yeah, a lot of times DMs love that because it takes the burden off of them, you know? I've done that multiple times and it increases the enjoyment for the player because they get to see what they want and it makes it easy for the DM because he doesn't have to make up a bunch of original stuff, you know? Someone's like, oh, I think the Demogorgon's really cool and you're like, oh, I do too now. I'm gonna go put the fit the Demogorgon into my campaign. Yeah, so for example, right now, for everyone, if you're listening to us right now, you probably listen to the podcast. Um, we've actually all talked to Andrew quite a little bit about what we think of these spiky worms and where we think it is going and stuff. And that's all stuff that the DM can just be like, oh, that's a great idea. Or, oh, well, yeah, but I'm going to spin it this way. Yep. You know, it helps everyone feel extra involved. Yep, absolutely. It gets the creative juices flowing for the DM. And even if something you say doesn't make it or something like that, it may inspire the DM to put something in. And, uh, yeah, DMs also, uh, note for DMs, as long as we're talking at people, note for DMs, just ask your players. Just every few episodes, just be like, how are you guys feeling? That's kind of what Andrew did. He's like, what do you guys think of these worm things? And we all kind of went just kind of one at a time, told him what we think and our theories and all that weird stuff. And he just took it all in, you know, DMs, check on your players, see if they're enjoying the campaign. Don't be afraid to ask. Like a player will tell you. Yeah. And worse comes the worst. You can use something they say and just turn it into something like the things of their nightmares. Yep. And just, just make them wish they had never spoken to you about anything. Also, DMs, one of the best ways, I know every DM out there, and we all love a nice bait and switch, a nice turn, a nice heal, a nice misdirection. One of the best ways to do this is put this into the campaign, but make it so it's not the eventual bad guy or something, you know? Put the Demogorgon messing around. Put a cult of the Demogorgon. Now your player's like, oh, I mentioned this. And he put in the campaign, now we get to fight the Demogorgon, and then, boom, Orcus shows up, and you're just like, yeah, bitch, here's Orcus, not the Demogorgon. And now they're like, wait, I, what, uh, you know? It turns yeah, he'd, a... he'd been parading around as a possum the whole time. Yep, absolutely. So yeah, the uh, list is going to contain uh, a bunch of an antagonist ideas, you know, but they're, of course, not all on here, because like, you, if you went through everyone, I kind of generalized some of them just to make it a little easier on us and we will go through we'll say why it's fun to have this antagonist as a 
party member in a DM and ha uh, maybe a little a few tips for DMs on running these uh, BBEGs uh, and mm -hmm. a few tips for uh, players if this is their BBEG on like uh, things to do you know things to take note of and things to watch out for so uh, I think we'll just jump right into it anything else you guys say Corey before we jump in May God have mercy on your souls. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So, uh, we'll go 10 through 1. And number 10 is uh, Bad Villagers. By this, I just mean, like, criminals. Like, this would be a low-level campaign. You guys are just hunting, like, a murderer in town or, you know, some crazy scientist or something. But these people end up being, uh just dudes like these are just dudes like you end up probably fighting them at like four or five so like they're not really throwing crazy spells and they hit you a couple times with a little short sword plus one and you're like yeah. oh man i'm hurting these are like normal dudes and yeah the their biggest threat is that there are a few of them working together yeah or you know this, this is dirty. Like, yeah this is like a, a campaign where this, like, is the guards employing people to help them. Like, this may not even be on the guards' radar. Like, the guards are like, yeah, like, we've had some children disappearing. We're looking into it, but whatever. And then, like, your good party's like, oh, well, we'll look into it, blah, blah, blah. And, and so... Yeah, go ahead. It, it, it's also a great opportunity to get use out of your skills. Your, your, for your, you know, your players to, to use some of their skills and, and role play a little bit. To um, you know, before you just go from point A to point B and, and punch some people in the face, so it's a it's a great way to get everybody included. Yep, I agree. I uh, I also think these first few, these first three or four, are going to be lower level parties, and I think the reason that is is because they like when you have a lower level party and your campaign only runs to like seven or eight, you can't really uh, you don't really get that much depth. In a villain, right? Because if you beat him by four, it's it's fifteen so, episodes. He doesn't have time to build an army and turn on you and all that. So it's like, so, God. Uh, so yeah, these ones are like good for, I guess, getting someone used to how a character plays. You know, like a rogue now knows they need to roll stealth and be the sneaky guy and be the investigator, and the wizard guy needs to. He's learning how to use his low-level, like, spells, like detect magic or, you know, good and evil, stuff like that. Everyone kind of get used to their characters, but it gives you a, like, very driven bad guy at the same time. It gives you a goal. These are basically just an end goal for a low-level party to learn d and is how I, I kind of see these guys. Yeah, save the, the missing kids. Yeah. Kind of stuff. Now, on another hand... These just bad villagers could turn into, you know, a revolt. Yep. So, you know, it could come back later even. Yep. You know, oh, one of the people survived and he's been fostering unrest. And now that you guys are back, you see that people are like revolting in the streets, getting ready to overthrow the king, something like that. So, you know, this is it's it's. It can help you, um, help provide you with plot armor to, to carry you through kind of some some later levels when 
your between quests. Yeah, that's very true. This might have been higher on my list. I didn't even consider that this could come back in like uh, in more of a because I kind of considered it as the later game is more of like big bad guys, like big powerful guys. But this could come back as like a powerful group, like power and numbers type deal. Yeah, you know, if if say you're level fifteen, sixteen, and at this point you're working directly for the king or something like that, but hit there's big civil unrest and an outside kingdom is, you know, threatening to attack while you guys are weak, something like that, you know, angry people is powerful stuff. Yeah. Just just man, especially if there's a lot of them. Yeah, a good leader can turn a lot of people into a very destructive force, especially in D and D. Especially oh, yeah. if you're, oh, yeah. especially if you're good, because I mean, it's easy for a evil person to cast meteor swarm on a bunch of peasants. But you know, if you're in a good neutral to good party, it's like, oh, we can't just slaughter everybody. It's like at at best, we could just you know fucking cut the head off the snake type deal. And think about this too, players. They have to at least try to make sense of what they're doing within the, the larger fantasy world. Oh. A DM has free range to do whatever he wants. It does not have to make sense. Why? Because magic, my friend, magic. Magic, That's yeah. why. I mean, there, I mean, if you play the way I play, it's like... Someone, someone could be like, oh, this guy really sucked when we first met him. Like, how did he get all these people on his side? And it's just like, yeah, he rolled a nat 20 on Persuasion. Like, he's just a really charismatic guy, you know? If you roll a nat 20s, it's like anything can happen. Like, this guy could lead a revolution. Yeah. Or, you know, you gotta... Yeah, yeah. But it, the magic thing I was talking about with the DM is like, you know, we've all wanted to drop an anvil on a character. Absolutely. At some point. Yeah. And we can. Why? Because a wizard was trying to help enchant a weapon, but instead messed up the spell and teleported it into the air right above your head. That's why. <laughs> because of magic. I love that. We should do spell side effects as a as a top ten or a draft or something. Oh yeah. Or we should make oh. do we should do one where we make up wild magic effects. That's for a later one. We that would be one. really fun. That would be fun. Alright, so that was 10. Just bad villagers. Just bad guys. Or good guys if you're evil, you know, and want to take out good guys. That's fine with me. It's your prerogative. Of varying quantities. Yeah. And, uh, number 9. I just wrote down, uh, random monster. Just, uh, any encounter of something killing livestock, or there's a hag that comes into town and takes the kids, or you know, something like that. There are these, yeah. There's always these monsters that Scale, you can find a one boss monster encounter that scales to every party and just plop it where it makes sense and then have little minions, you know, beasts or something that run around in the forest around it and attack you. And I like this one better than the villagers just because it gets you, it gets you out. It gets you... You're not killing humans. Yeah, and it's more fun. Like, uh, I just yeah, think it's more fun to fight monsters than it is to fight a bad dude in his basement. I yeah. just have more fun going to a cave and finding a hydra than that. Um, I'll say as a DM, my favorite first encounter to draw characters in is that, oh, there's like a, a fair or carnival thing going off, going on in town for the harvest. And it's attacked by goblins. Why? 
Goblins are really weak. Takes yeah. a lot of them to do anything, and they cause chaos very quickly. Yeah. So just a little bit of fire here, some burning hay there. You can kill five or six goblins. You know, two here, two there, yeah, maybe three here. Yeah, you're one shotting them, but there's yeah. fifteen of them. You know, it makes your players yeah. feel good too because you're like the barbarian is rolling his d12 and he gets a 12, and you're like, yeah, you just cleave that guy in half, and he's like, whoa, this is kind of cool, you know. Now. I will say be careful because if you do have your party fight more than two or three of them at a time, they get dangerous when there are more of them. That spellcaster, he's dead in one round. Yeah, especially it's, depending on initiative rolls. You know, yeah. you get an initiative roll and it's like, oh, uh, looks like my four goblins go first and they're going to encircle this guy right here. And, and all take attacks yep. at advantage, and all two Ooh, of them, all and you're like, yep. "Oh no, I'm yep. gonna wreck this dude." The but that's, down. that's that's part of, that's part of the game, you know. It's part now of the listen, game. as a DM, you you have to make a choice: Are you rolling behind the screen or in front of everybody? I've because got... if you're rolling in front of everybody, you know, a twenty is a twenty. Yeah. You roll behind the screen, <laughs> and that nat that nat twenty, that crit is. Just a hit now, you know, or maybe even a miss because the, he's already taken another crit. Yeah. So yep. that DM screen is a, a friend. That's a tool. That's a tool for a yeah. reason. Also, yeah, I, and, and go ahead. Go ahead. I oh, was, I was just gonna say. Oh man. Go ahead. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> the worst. I was gonna say. I think I give the. Uh, I think I give the monsters the edge over the the bad guys because. The versatility of a monster. Like I said, you can find any... I mean, and you... As a DM, you just make it make sense. You could you could literally have a goblin... A little group of five goblins anywhere. Yeah, there's, then, a, there's a cave right outside of the town. There's of caves, you know, maybe they're... Lost their way, maybe they're... Uh, maybe they got picked up by a farmer and raised... And then they killed the farmer and now they're... Took over his farm. You know, they could be anywhere. You can have these monsters wherever yeah. you want as long as you're good enough as a DM to make a story of why they're there. Yeah, magic, bro. Yeah, magic. Yeah, even then, like, you know, wizard just drops fucking cast summon goblin on a farm. There's six goblins here now. I will say that in the world of Dressaria, there is a mad mage who's very high level who just summons monsters and teleports them randomly throughout the world. So... <laughs> That's it is awesome. a thing, guys. It is a thing. That's awesome. All right. Anything else you want to talk about random monsters in the world? Just uh, um, point-and-click monsters? They're just... They're more immersive. They're yeah. they're really easy. You can, you know, just write down a bunch of sixes or fives, and that's the hit points, and roll d4s. You don't even have to know more than that, really. Yep. So... And I feel like, um, like boss beasts and stuff are kind of fun, you know? Sometimes oh, I yeah, just definitely. like to I like to throw just a random beast at, even at high level parties. It's like it's like goblin. It's DMing high level parties. Sometimes it gets so it's just like I just want to break. I just want to turn my brain on autopilot. I want you guys to fight this dragon that doesn't have spell casting, that doesn't have anything like this. All he does is he bites and he claws and he tail attacks and I just roll to hit you and we just have a slugfest. Sometimes you just need a big old slugfest. Yeah, sometimes you do, because character players to DMs sometimes look awfully punchy. Yeah. Punch a yeah, pole. Absolutely. 
as a player, yeah, I like I like Beast. I don't think this one will get mentioned as much as a player. I think more like the, the the villager one would get mentioned. Like a player would be like, yeah, like can we do like a Sherlock Holmes, you know, murder mystery in the town? It's like sure, yeah. There's a guy in the town murdering people, Jack the Ripper style. Yeah. You got to find him. But well, it's like, actually a goblin who crawls out of the, <laughs> of the well sea. at night. Yeah. yeah, see, you can even do it. As, yeah, have the villager be a red herring. They're chasing down some guy, and then they corner him, they interrogate him, and then he tells them, no, like, I saw this random crazy monster come out of the well at night and freaking stab people, rip their face off. Goblins in an overcoat. Yeah, and now they gotta go down the well and fight the monster. The real monsters are in the well. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Alright, so, that's ten, nine. On to eight. Eight I put as, like, leaders of organizations but not like political so like you would have like gang leaders bandit captains the dark brotherhood dark brotherhood you know a, go- a goblin chieftain or something like that you know just because now instead of just like go here and fight it's kind of a mix of like go here and see what's going on because usually a leader you have to have some sort of tact or smarts or something like they can usually be reasoned with or you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're not, they're yeah. not just a monster. It's just, it's like, oh, like they may be a goblin, and it's like, does it, do any of us speak goblin? Maybe we need a translator, you know? I feel like these guys are just a little more immersive. And you can give them motives to where, like, the band captain is doing this because, you know, the empire that he used to be a military man for kicked him out and now doesn't support his their veterans or something, so he's taking money from them. It's, and it's like, oh, man, now the party's like, I don't know, I'd kind of be a bandit too if I fucking did that happened to me. <laughs> These guys have yeah. a little more depth than, like, your normal, everyday people. Yeah, but it can still be really easy for DMs because you can just be like, meh, money, bro. Yeah, a- yeah, absolutely. If you don't want to do that, it's just like, uh, yeah, I became a pirate lord. And it's like, why'd you do that? And the guy's like, what, are you fucking dumb? I'm richer than anyone on this island. Like, that's Yeah. <laughs> This is a little bit more, um, this is higher on the list a little bit later because there are layers you have to go through before you can get to the leader of an organization. Yep. They're higher up than just common rabble, people you find out in the trees. Yeah. You know, you have to, you have to find the, the footman and then you have to find the supplier and then you have to find the, the banker or whatever. And then you find the CEO and yep. so. Yeah, you got to interrogate people as you go, and then they lead you to yeah, different all places, level. and then, yeah, level by level. It's really, really fun for a DM to structure, you know, just even a loose structure of a gang. It's like, you got grunts, and then you got, like, your lieutenants, and then your gang cap leader, captain. It's like, this this is easy. But then, yeah, also, yep. I think the reason why this is coming up here is these, also, as we go up, uh, I'm kind of looking at my list now, and these kind of get more fun uh locations as well like the monster is gonna be in a cave but like these bandit people it's like oh they're using this bar as a hideout or whatever so it's like you can't just go in guns blazing because there's a bunch of innocent people using this bar you know or yeah you have to to be really discreet about it or find the person alone or yeah you can't just go in and, and cast fireball 
Yeah, or like a pirate boat. It's like, oh, he's at sea. Like, we have to actively find a boat and run his boat down and, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, fight the crew and then finally get to the first mate and fight the captain. And these people have levels. Yeah. So. And they also have those, those, uh, interesting locales. I'm looking at my list and oh, yeah. the, the locales just kind of get more and more interesting as we go down, like where you would commonly find these people. Um,. Players, as far as player enjoyment for these go, if you're a lot of pe players like to interrogate people, and this is a good chance to get a lot of interrogation in, you know, kind of rough up a grunt and to live out your Batman fantasy of beating up the Joker and asking where is she, stuff like that. Everyone's gonna make that joke every time you get in an interrogation. You have to. You have to slam his head on the table. Where is she? Good cop, bad cop. Yeah, so that's that's like the fun players get here. And also the bargaining. I think there's a lot of bargaining with these guys. And it always ends up going south and you end up fighting anyways. But I think it's always fun to bargain as a player, especially when it's not like you're not at a shop like, oh, well, I'll give you 50, roll persuasion. Uh, it's like, oh, well, maybe I can bring you this from the Empire, and then you stop being a bandit in this area, and the guy's like, oh, maybe, you know, and then you have another yeah. quest to go get something new. Yeah, that is the thing, is, yep, it can run right into other quests, and you know, these bad guys could eventually maybe be allies. Yeah, or good so. guys. Maybe you turn them into good guys. Yeah, right. Lots right. of potential. I like that one. That one's always fun for lower level parties and higher level parties, and your bandit captains. Yeah, all the way get, through. Your bandit captains start to get pretty cool. Start to yeah. look like One Piece all everywhere. Okay, so ten, nine, eight, seven, seven. I have written down here other party parody. So basically, this would be like uh, you guys, but with mustaches and goatees. <laughs> yeah, or like an evil wizard. Or, like, an evil fighter, evil barbarian, you know. I'm talking, like, uh, kind of, it's almost like a PC that went bad or rogue or something like that. And now they're, like, because PCs are basically, like, more powerful people that have, like, fully fleshed out backstories and stuff. So that's why I yeah. said. And as a DM, you can definitely ask your players if you can use their characters that they're done with. Oh, absolutely. If they, they quote-unquote died, or they just wanted to play someone different, and so they, they ended up leaving, or they get into an altercation and leave the party. These are, you know, sweet, sweet, sweet plot armor yep. people that, you know, blah ha 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 Yeah, I have, dude, in my one campaign, Reese has, like, he's been kind of trying out a lot of classes, and he's made, like, four characters, and... One was because we had too many casters, and he just kind of dropped it. But they're all—they were all still alive. Like they're all still alive in the world, and they—they they keep running into him. And I always do my best impression of like the Reese voices that he's done for the. They're so funny. Love it. Love it. Yeah, and uh, even better is like if you do have the conflict in the party, you know, if a cleric is in a party with a blood hunter, and the blood hunter is like killing people, and then you're like you have this big party thing, and then all your character, your PCs, the people will come up to you and be like man, I don't really like being the goody two-shoes guy in the party and keeping these guys in line. And it's like, yeah, you can play a Bloodhunter too. And then it's just like, now you have a cleric who's going to go to a temple and be like, hey, we need to stop these guys. They're just killing people. And now you have, like, clerics yep. on your tail. Yep, he's the cleric boss. 
Yeah, now he's like the cleric boss on your tail. Absolutely. I made a also one with Jojo as he made like a dragonborn paladin of Tiamat and he would always jokingly say that another player was quote unquote his horde and he had to protect him. So uh, when Jojo's guy died, I said Tiamat wouldn't let him into hell without his horde. So now Jojo keeps getting reincarnated as a revenant trying to drag that guy back to hell with him because he needs his horde to prove his worth to Tiamat. Oh, baby. That's really fun. And we've had a lot of fun at that. He always comes jumping through walls and shit just at the most inopportune times. I love it. Yeah. Party party members that go rogue or party members that die and come back as zombies or even if they die, keep keep the character sheet. Yeah, listen. Those players are plotting against you, trying to make your <laughs> life as a DM a living hell. So, it's only right that you make them regret every single decision they make. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's lightheartedly, I mean, that as lightheartedly as you can take it. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, as we've seen in my campaigns, I like to give people a bunch of cool shit. So then when they leave the party, they now have, like, a dude with a bunch of cool shit after him. It's like, oh, he has the stats of a bandit captain. Oh, but remember that Vorpal sword I gave you? It's like, yeah, he's still got that in his hand. And everyone's like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh-oh. Um, what else? As far as players go, I think if you want to... Uh, I will advocate. If you're a player, I don't care what your DM says. If you don't like a character, you should be able to change. I don't care how much you yeah, have definitely. into a character. It's it's very easy to add a new character to the world. And if you are not having fun, go up to your DM. Tell them, hey, I don't like how Bloodhunter plays. It's just not my style. I thought it would be more fun. I thought it would be more like this. And it's just not. So I kind of just want to yeah. play a fighter or a wizard, you know. And if your DM's like, no, look, I have so much plan for you. It's like, you know, he could. It's it's just as easy to make that for a new character. And just yeah. cop, copy and paste it. He just doesn't want to. Yeah, so, just um, be respectful. Have tact. Yeah, but don't, don't yeah, go up communicate and, about it. Yeah, don't go up and yell and make a fit. But and DMs, it should be fun for everybody. I yeah. mean, if you're not having fun playing your character, the other people at the table also realize you're not having fun, and in return, they're not having as much fun. So yeah, and DMs let take people, care of yourself. Yeah. DMs let people change class. It's it's not a big deal. I mean, I guess to a point. Like there was a point where Reese was like three guys in three weeks, and I was like, okay, maybe just 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 stick to one um, for a little bit. I have a a friend. Um, I play Pathfinder with some friends. Um, for you who aren't familiar, it's like kind of like Dungeons and Dragons three point five, yep. but with some tweaks. Um, but he has a mechanic. Uh, and I, I think it's it's just uh, like a third-party magic item or whatever where people will have like this hourglass on their bedside when they don't want to be their character anymore. Or you can even make them go quest for it, but it's a, just a little hourglass and you break it. And when you go to sleep, you wake up a different person, essentially. That's kind of cool. Yeah, and so, you know, it, it can be a thing where they're, like, fairly common, cost some gold, or maybe they're not very common, but there is rumors of one in a dungeon, 
Um, but yeah, it just transfigures them into the character they want to play. And so, and everyone remembers them as this character. It's not like, oh, who are you? It's, oh, no, you've been traveling with us the whole time. It changes the timeline. Yeah. So, lots of, lots of stuff you can do as a DM because magic. Yeah, I like that. I had a shout out to uh, one of our listeners uh, that I know in real life, Marco, if you're listening to this, shout out. He said it would be, he was talking to me and he said it'd be fun to have a, a character that is just like three or four different character sheets and he has multiple personality disorder, like split. So you like turn into like the beast and you're a barbarian and then the next day you're like some aristocratic smart guy. I think that'd be I actually fun. thought about that where, yeah, and you roll like every morning when your character wakes up or whatever, and Just that's the character sheet you play. Yeah. Takes, takes over that day. That Yeah, it's a, it's a fun idea. It'd be kind of a, uh, it'd kind of be a steep learning curve to be able to jump in and out of roles, but. Oh, baby. Coming to a podcast oh, in the no. future. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, party parody, number six on seven on our list uh and this is where the uh i feel like this is the uh step up in our list here this is definitely uh jump up to the next level uh six and five i couldn't decide the order on uh i think they're they're not really similar at all but i don't know one's better than the other uh so that's kind of i'm not real 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 worried about the list order uh, six is uh, the Demon Lords. I love the Demon Lords. Personally, they are really fun to run. You can have cults of the Demon Lords. You can have demons associated with the Demon Lords from levels 1 to 20. Like, you can run an entire campaign with the Demon Lords. The, uh, the really cool thing about demons is demons are completely chaotic. Yes, I was going to say that. Yes, it's complete chaos. So, like... This is this is almost the most fun a DM can have because it's like they're in a house. Or, your, fireball. Yeah, your party's in a house or something, and it's like a fucking hole rips in the wall, and three demons hop out, and it's like holy fuck, roll initiative. You know these demons can just track you down and anytime. It's chaos in yeah. the campaign. It's yeah. great anywhere. Yeah, and uh, the demon lords. There are plenty of them. They all fit. You can find one that fits your style, what your players want, and all that. You know the Demi- yeah, the Demogorgon is one. You got Orcus is one. Uh, and there are different ones depending on different lores and stuff too. Of yeah, course, obviously. They, they, they got like Frazer Blue is more of like a spellcastery, smart, sneaky guy that can transform and turn into people, which is fun. So there are like ones that you can play like a political intrigue campaign. But it's like a guy who's just a chaotic demon lord on this plane having fun with the world, you know. Gratz. Gratz is a very fun demon lord to play as like a, uh, a political intrigue. He's like high, high, the most persuasive, good-looking man on earth. And then uh, the flip side to that is that... Uh, I think Demon Lords are really fun to planeswalk if you're doing a planeswalking campaign and you go to these layers of the abyss. So fun. So fun. Just, I mean, if you are, they had that one uh, D&D book that came out and it was like the fog that you go through the, uh, and it's like you come out in Barovia and stuff like that. 
it would be just as easy to send your guys through a fog, they come out in the abyss, and now they have to find their way home. Type deal. And to be honest, if you guys need inspiration, 3.5 edition has tons of books about different planes, different different deities, different just like realms, yeah. physics, stuff like, like that. A lot of those tables can just be moved right over to your game, and they don't even have to be changed. Um, and then other stuff, you know, like uh, specific characters and stuff. Yeah, you can change that and fit it into your game, too. You don't have to... You can be as obscure as you want as a DM. Yep, absolutely. Also, I think 3.5 did the Demon Lords, like, the best. Like, they had so much lore for the Demons and Devils. And, like, there still is lore. You can go and find a lot of lore on these Demon Lords. And, you know, just the... Places you can go in the abyss are just insane. Like, there's crystal palaces. There's uh, yeah. Each one has like its own plane with its own physics yep. and its own like yep. inhabitants and right. sizes and one is like interactions and neighboring realms and stuff. One is like the ultimate hunter and his th and he's like a minotaur demon lord and his whole thing is like a just a labyrinth, just a giant labyrinth and stuff like that. Yeah, like. Jumping through the abyss is, it would be really fun. Plus, you have, uh, there's the, like, when you're near a Demon Lord's lair, the mechanic is, like, madness. You get these madness effects that, uh, it's and kind of fun. Kind of baby. Yeah, kind of fun for players to, it's, it's, you know, you get comfortable with a, uh, with your character, and then your DM tells you that, like, until you're out of the abyss, like, your guy thinks that no one should be saved if they're weak and like they're just like prey to be preyed upon and it's like okay so like it's fun to try to add new little twists to your character and find a new way to play them and new party dynamics of like someone turning evil like your cleric's just like there's a guy hurt and your cleric's under that madness and he's like no we don't need, i'm not even gonna waste my healing on him he's so weak and everyone's like whoa this guy's like different and changed like fun yeah. When you open up the, the realms and the planes, sky's the limit. Mm -hmm. You can do anything you want. Absolutely. Yeah. So Demon Lords uh, coming in at number six. Uh, number five, and I think it's just because it's... I feel like you get a little pigeonholed with this one. It's a lich, and liches are fun. But they've been done, and done, and done, and done. And I just, I don't know. I feel like the Lich is just not as multidimensional as other... Am I am I, am I I wrong there, Corey? I, I think the Lich is just a little bottlenecked in what he can do, as far as a BBEG goes. Um, yeah, I mean, pretty much. So for those of you, if, if you don't know what a Lich is, a Lich is a, an undead being that has essentially detached his soul from his body and hidden it in something called the Flactory, which is usually like a large gem with a lot of money that they protect. And you can kill this motherfucker as many times as you want, and if you don't destroy his Flactory, that's okay. He'll just come back in the morning. Yeah, big Voldemort um, guy. Yeah, so he's a, a strong magic caster. He's, he's clearly evil. He doesn't have his soul attached to his body, so he doesn't He's not beholden to, to morals or anything like that. And he essentially, he just wants power. 
he he wants more power for himself, which means less power, less life, less wealth for everyone else. True. Yeah. I guess I mean like the Bezos. Yeah. Is Bezos or the Musk? <laughs> okay. Musk, you know, building a layer underneath cities. I don't know. Uh, a, a good lich is Vecna. Vecna is like the famous lich, the like archetype for liches, and there's yeah. a lot of uh, there's a lot of cool lore with Vecna. I guess like he's, but then again, he is he's still like one dimensional of being like I'm scared to die, and now I need to just soak up as much power as I can to become a god. So that I can't be killed by the gods, which. But I'm so super paranoid. Yeah, and then yeah, I don't trust everybody. Yeah, liches are—they're fun. That's why they're this high on the list. They're very fun because they can summon hordes of undead, and they can. They yeah, can very make, scary stuff. Just they, dreadful. They can make deals, you know, make deals with a certain empire. You know, I always think of a lich. I always kind of want to run a lich where it's like, the lich is like that guy in uh, Lord of the Rings. When that old guy's just all old and decrepit and like getting the life sucked out of him, but there's that guy with the black hair, like worm tongue or whatever, snake tongue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know I, what you're talking about. I always picture picture him as like a lich and like he's like sucking the life force out of like the entire empire through the king type thing. It would be kind of fun for like a political intrigue campaign yeah. type thing. But yeah, liches are always fun. They always they usually are in a big tower in the distance and. You have oh to yeah, it's your way there through the horde yeah, of zombies. It's a lich, and you're like, oh fuck, I have to go through a super trapped, haunted Dungeon, castle. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah. Bring the clerics. Bring all the clerics. Yeah, I made a. Uh, we have a PC in one of my games. He's a skeleton. I just gave him. I let him use a human variant, and just use skeleton. So he's basically just human variant, but he has uh, resistance to piercing and. Uh, takes double bludgeoning damage and he was like a lich's skeleton dude and then they blew up like the lich's phylactery and it scattered the lich's magic and brought this guy to life it was like how he joined the party they just found like this cool. this random he's like a wizard too so it made sense and he just like kept some of the lich's power and is just like this random skeleton dude that got killed 50 years ago and he's been used as like the lich's undead horde now he's just like a fucking wizard necromancer guy it's kind of fun and I gave him my two-week notice. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's very funny. He plays it up. It's uh, it's really cool. Uh, for PCs, I think the Lich is one of the more brutal enemies for PCs. Oh, yeah. Scary. Someone's going to die. Because, yeah, they have Power Word Kill. I think any enemy with Power Word Kill is just insane. Like Any dedicated necromancer is daunting yes absolutely especially if they're an undying witch monster necromancer yeah even the uh i just think god power word kill is just a very scary spell because like even like you think of all these other people that we'll get to on this list it's just like they don't have a mechanic that just, that just kills, kills you, you. <laughs> yeah, that yeah just kills you that's that's all power kill does there's no save oh, roll it. yeah it doesn't have a save no all the all it is is if you're under 100 hp you die oh my goodness and dms absolute dm absolutely look at the hp don't waste your power don't try to get cute with it and be like oh like i wonder if the barbarian's under 100 
open up his thing on roll 20, see that he's at 105, and metagame your fucking ass off. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm not joking. Like, son of a bitch. I, I'm telling you right now. Like, it'll make it more fun if you, you want to make a statement. Yeah, if you want to make a statement, I guess. But you ever seen all of your characters' mouth hang open? <laughs> you're. It's just going to be more fun if you go and roll 20. Look at their character sheets. See that one of them's at 110, and you're like, oh, I wanted to hit that guy. But this guy's at 62, so I guess I'm just going to kill this guy. It'll have the same effect. I promise you, just kill one person. Get the power word kill out. Don't waste it trying to get cute and be like, well, the DM can't. DMs can absolutely metagame. I'll stay by that as well. <laughs> like DMs, a ledge that doesn't power word kill is like a barbarian that doesn't rage. Yes, absolutely. Uh, as far as PCs go, uh, absolutely just spam counterspell as much as you can. A lich has nothing if you have like three casters who know counterspell. It's it's that easy. And if you don't have that phylactery, if you don't know where that phylactery is, just fucking run away and never come back. Yeah, once you kill him, it's like, well, <laughs> fuck. Ransack, just burn his, meteor swarm his castle every day for the next week and hope the phylactery was in there. Yeah, because look, if you go in there and you piss him off and you run away, he's still going to stay in there, maybe protect his stuff, fight away other people. If you go in there and you kill his ass and you don't destroy that phylactery, he's coming for your ass. Yep, I do like I do like liches in the sense of like a lot of home games just like us play in one world. They usually build a whole world and then just play there. And a lich is fun because you could play a party up to level 16, 17, defeat a lich, and then the next time you're playing you're hunting like a demon lord or something, and then you get up to 16 or 17. And you, I do, in, motherfucker. Yeah, you come into a town, and here's a lich burning the town down, and you're just like, "How many times are we gonna have to teach you this lesson, old man?" And it's the same lich, and he got his phylactery back, and then, uh, yeah, he he could be like, "You're not as good as the last party who tried to kill me, or whatever." And then you're just like, "Wait a minute, that was us!" Like, uh, you cheeky little bastard. Yeah, it's very fun for a DM, and like, you could have a recurring just because of the phylactery shenanigans a DM can pull. You can have this recurring bad guy. That's Jojo, yeah. for example, has a, a DJ Lich. A DJ Lich? I totally forgot about yeah. DJ Lich. Yeah, and he uh, just shows up um, floating <laughs> above cities, playing Larry music. Tango. Yep, uh, and people just like become entranced like, and, and become like little zombies. Uncontrollably dance. Yeah, uh, so that was yeah, him once when we turned up <laughs> after a successful mission. Yeah, he like comes wherever there's a party and he's like summoned to the party. It's very fun. Yeah, it was it was great. Yeah. Oh, they don't all have to be bad. Just, I mean, he was still kind of bad. We didn't really get to him. We saw no, him a there few was times. <laughs> Bob with a shotgun kept yeah. chasing him off. Chasing get him off with a shotgun. <laughs> Go on, get it, get it. Yeah, that's really fun. <sighs> so that's number five, a lich. Uh, anything else on a lich for PCs or and or uh, DMs uh, to remember? I think we can. So, number four uh, is Devil Lords. The Devil Lords, I think, are a lot more fun than Demon Lords because of the contracts. They're basically the Demon Lords, but lawful. And they yeah. have, like, contracts that they want to make with people and deals and stuff. Whereas the Demons are like, I don't care if you make if you make a deal with me. I just want to bite your head off. Yeah, Devils, Demons, both evil. Demons, they just want to watch the world burn. 
Devils, they only want to watch the world burn if it benefits them and they can pull the strings to make it happen. Yep. Devil Lords are a lot more... These last, uh, these last four are like the super... Or I guess you could do liches, but a lot more like super smart, controlling... Uh, conniving, cunning people in the world that can really pull the strings behind the scenes when the PCs aren't even there. And then it's like, oh no, you know, he turned the king. He made a deal with the devil without a yeah. spear, you know, stuff like that. So demons, they'll have, you know, um, cults and stuff that are acting independently, doing pretty much what they want to do, saying it's in the, the name of the demon. Devils? Their cultists, their followers, they have vast networks, vast money, vast pull. Yep. You know, they're they're pulling the strings while a demon lord may be taking the 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 shape of, you know, worm tongue or whatever. A uh, a devil lord will be running the whole damn country because the king or the queen made a deal and yep. now it's time to pay up yep i like devils i like uh there's a lot of lore just like the demon lords there's a lot of lore to the nine the nine circles of oh, yeah, hell and the nine lords of hell. The nine circles. yeah so you can really I research uh, yes. yeah you can really really look up what devils you want to kind of get involved with your campaign they all kind of have different personality traits which makes it so they can really fit whatever campaign yeah. you're trying to do different different domains and stuff they're so uh like official like forgotten realms lore devils are not deities they're ultra powerful beings on a different realm there is a devil actually maybe two i think one is a full-blown deity now he stole power and one may be like a demigod or something like that or a lower deity a lesser like deity asmodeus is one of the two i'm guessing that yeah yup yup he's he is a greater god now yep. um but these guys yeah they're they're uber powerful everyone knows about the the nine levels um they'll, they'll mess the mess stuff up you know that they, they make the deals and drag you down to hell I didn't want to spoil the Devil Lords pick uh, earlier with Demon Lords, but Demon Lords and Devil Lords are always fighting what's called the Blood War as well. So you can have these in the same campaign with Devils yeah, and they Demons. Hate each yeah. Other. yeah, they hate each other. They're always fighting, like the Abyss and the Nine Hells. Basically, yeah, always like have fields or something like that where there's like an ever waging war between them or something like that. Yeah, and there's like a portal or something open between the two planes, and there's just fields of devils and demons just slaughtering each other that's why de devils are more calculating because they have um like if i were to sell my soul to a devil i basically when i die i go and fight in the blood war but if i die in the blood war then i move on to the afterlife my soul leaves hell yeah whereas demons uh, uh go to the abyss are made in the abyss and then if they go to the blood wars they uh die they get sent back to the abyss for like 80 years or something they can't leave the abyss and then they so, just go fight again. So devils are, have like an as, uh, an amount, whereas demons don't. Right. Yeah. And so they change um, 
they like evolve too as they gain power they become like different types of more powerful demons yep yep um demons. and devils i think are kind of like that but i think it's as they gain more power and make more deals their physique and stuff changes um but i think they have like a a, a more normal like biology like birth and stuff like that yeah because devils have like sons and daughters and shit Right, yeah, yeah, yep. Like, devils can procreate with each other, like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, humans, you know. Oh, yeah, tieflings. Yeah, Yeah. so, uh, tips for, like, uh, DMs if you're running devil lords. Uh, I really would, the one big one would be, like, just just go slow. Yeah, watch what you say. Keep everything real close to the vest. And... I know you want to make the big reveal, but make it pay off. Make sure it is all the way through the campaign and have one of their one of their closest allies is like a king or something rips his mask off and it's like, haha, I'm Asmodeus and you've been helping me gather souls this whole time and it's like, oh no. Something like that. Yeah. So Or the king that they've been helping, yeah, is Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. every single one of his soldiers that die in battle has been promised to a devil for certain powers in his life or something like, you know, but I've yep, just been playing you guys the whole time, but just kind of tease it, you know, someone who's made a contract with the devil may be, you know, resistant to fire damage. You say, Oh, this normal King guy seems to take less damage from fire. And then they kind of are like, Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why is that? I mean, you, you start these questions or, you know, uh, you look in a mirror and the guy seems to have like this weird, horned visage and then you look back in the mirror you blink your eyes and it's gone and they're like well you know stuff like this is like you need to kind of just foreshadow it yeah but play it nice and slow yeah because this devil dude is not just gonna come out and be like i am a servant of asmodeus he's gonna yeah. be like no 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 i'm your savior anything you need yeah just another- help me later or something like that yeah another good one is use churches uh, have like the high priest of a certain church be in lieu, in cahoots with the devil, you know? So like this whole church is a sham because this guy's just like, yeah, he's preaching all this stuff, but he has already yep. promised all the followers that he gets to Asmodeus for a spot in hell, you know? For a all- higher spot in hell when he gets there. Yeah, because think of it from, from their perspective. All they need is one person within the church to get up to high priest and they're set. They don't need all of the clergy to follow a demon lord or some or a devil lord. Yeah. You know, it just one. It only takes one. One yeah. well-placed seed. Yes. And one high enough ranking seed, I think is a big one. Yeah. It's not just oh, going to yeah. be a dude in the church stealing people away. It's going to be the high priest, the king, the, the dude you never expect, the person who in uh, public has a halo yeah, but behind closed doors yeah beats little kids and and another thing for that is like oh he doesn't sleep in the church like he can't fall asleep while he's in the church or something. you know just little foreshadowing things like that yeah uh, oh yeah have them look back and be like oh there were so many clues yeah they look back and they're like damn that's why he couldn't sleep in the church that's why he couldn't touch iron that's why he you know have iron burn him you know stuff like that uh, for PCs, uh, just do your research. You know, if you think there's devils around, 
tell your DM, hey, I'm going to go to a library. All of these things. I think this is one of the biggest tips for any PCs. Go to the library and make it so like you can make an investigation check to look through the books and find out information and your DM will find, you know, pertinent little facts and information to give you about stuff and then, you know, you don't have to worry about metagaming and all this and that, you know. It's it's very good. Research in D&D is very underrated. I don't think a lot of people do it. No, I don't think so. People are like, library? <laughs> I think what a lot of people library? are just like, well, I wouldn't know who Asmodeus is and blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, but like... You can look stuff up and find out things that point you to him, maybe. Also, if your DM's nice, your DM could also be like, yeah, you don't find anything. Also, you can look up... Yeah, yeah, but you could look up... There's things you can look up to solve issues and clues and get more hints and stuff within a D&D campaign. Look up like a registry of when people moved into the town. Look up when people died in the town. Look up how they died. You know, stuff like this. That you would never guess is pertinent information, but maybe that high priest of the town just moved here. How, how did he become high priest so fast, you know? Off Offshoot of this one uh, for tropes, evil librarian who gives you altered information. True, the librarian may be in fucking cahoots. That's when you gotta roll some insight checks, you know? Hey, maybe, maybe fake info, that's that's dangerous stuff. Mm -hmm. DMs, fake info, I mean, a low investigation roll, you might interpret the information in a different way. I didn't even think about that. That's diabolical. Yeah, you could absolutely throw people off the You, off you the find information that says only the most devout show signs of no sleep in the church. Yeah, or even... I mean, it's a really big DM move, but like, if you have, if the characters have you found out, you've done your reveal, it's like, oh, we're messing with devils, we're messing with demons, now what? Now we go to the library and it's like, I need a book on demons, I need to see what the Demogorgon hates, and they roll a one on investigation or something. Well, maybe you tell them, you know, the Demogorgon is susceptible to acid, like, he, that's how he died, as a vat of acid. Even though every single demon lord is completely immune to acid damage. So they go and they buy a bunch of acid potions and stuff like this. And then, you know, this is kind of a brutal DM move. But, you know, roll. Look, I, I, I punish ones as much as I reward 20s is what I always say. Unpopular take. I think that there are some roles that are influenced by player stats that the DM should make. Like that one, because, so they don't know. Yeah, they don't exactly. Know if they did good or bad. Because if they did yeah. bad, and then you give them information, they're going to be like, yeah. oh, well, we know that that's wrong. So, DMs, don't be afraid to roll a dice and be like, what's your modifier to investigation? Yeah, absolutely. DMs, you know, roll that it, behind the screen. Yeah, yeah, there there are some players that, that may not like it. Oh, you're, you're stealing my yeah. autonomy. Yeah, but here, yeah, here's the thing, you know, if a character is like, I want to roll stealthy, right? It's like, okay, roll stealthy. And they roll a one. They know they're not stealthy. But if you roll it and you're like, okay, what's your, what's your plus? You know, I'm not saying roll all of their things. Let them roll the hit. Let them roll, you know, acrobatics or this and that. But, but the things where... You it, it would behoove everybody, 
especially if people have trouble metagaming where they don't know how well they did, but they, you know, they think they're doing well. You know, if, if he's rolling stealth and he rolls a one, let him know that as he goes to duck into the brushes, he steps on a stick and there's a loud crack. You know, don't be a dick about it. Give him clues to let him know, like, he may not be doing the best job or, you know, he is doing a good job. But keep him guessing because a character, when they're trying to do something, they're always trying to do it to their the best of their ability. Yeah, they want, they want to be, you, I mean, yeah, you want to be a good character. You want to succeed. Yeah, you think you're stealthy. You don't know that somebody has a good vantage point from the tree they're in. You don't know that. From your vantage point, you're very stealthy down there. Yep. I like that. So, I do like that yeah. a lot. Yeah, you know, and a lot of people might not like like it, but I think it's a hot take. I think it's something that makes it more immersive and suspenseful. So that's Devil Lords. A little bit of a tangent there, but that is Devil Lords. Anything else you want to talk about PCs for Devil Lords? Uh... I will say this, uh, just be wary, I don't know how many people have read, like, Descent into Avernus, the whole campaign through Avernus, the first layer of hell. Uh, Zeriel is like a fallen angel, turn devil, that's a fun little thing you could do. Also, oh god, there is, like, this weird, I'm kind of playing with it because, uh, the whole Tiamat Jojo thing in that one campaign, and I'm kind of playing with it. I haven't read, uh, I've been reading up on it, and I guess Tiamat is, like, sealed away in Avernus to a point. So, like, the devils and Tiamat hate each other. Avernus is, like, the layer of greed of hell, like, all these riches well, and stuff. It's so crazy, though, because Tiamat did what she did for the, all dragons. Yes. She's like, no, like, we deserve to live. We were here first. Yeah. So fuck everyone else who's taking our stuff. So yeah. she's just representing for dragon kind. Yeah, and now she's like in the first layer of hell. So like, just be wary of that. If you do like a planeswalker thing, like Tiamat is absolutely roaming hell, and like, and she's too strong for anyone to do anything about it. Even the even like Asmodeus like it fears yeah. Tiamat like yep and it's just something to keep in mind as a PC one like, of the great creator gods yeah just as a PC just remember there is a very powerful ally to be had in the first layer of hells if you need to get out or you know something like that um last thing I'm gonna say about devils be careful about making deals with NPCs people oh true because true. One of two things is going to happen. Every single time I'm talking to the players, fuck the DMs at this point. Yeah, um, DMs, make as many of these deals yeah. as you can. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, you're either going to end up beholden to a deal with a demon, or a, not a demon, a devil, or you're going to have to take a level of warlock. Warlock. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as everyone point. in our podcast is familiar with. Make <laughs> a deal, awesome. take a level. Absolutely. Uh, That's funny. Watch the deal. Be super careful about the wording. So that was that was four. That was our four. So we're at the top three now. Uh, any guesses on top threes that I haven't mentioned yet that you could guess? Any? Uh, I'm going to say... 
I don't know, Evil Kings. Mm, that is um, one. Yes. I got politics then, in the top three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, an Evil God would probably be one of them. Eh, also. Kinda. This next one's kind of on that. Okay. Uh, um, and then I don't know. I have <laughs> my pick for what I think number one should be. So. All right. So number three, I have Celestials. And I have this okay. because I think they're a lot like Demon Lords when you get into their lore. But I think it's really fun to play with a good, I'm doing air quotes, good guy being the bad guy of your, you know what I'm saying? Listen, good can mean a lot of things. When you look at one life compared to many or one life compared to an entire plane or, and these people are righteous. These guys are like, you get up there and, like, you have, like, your Solars and you have, like, your Empyreans, like, the giant... These guys are, like, near-god status Celestials. There's only so many of them in the entire, like, universe you can have. Like, there's only so many Solars in the heavens. And they'll come down and, yeah, it's like you're trying to, you know, beat a bad guy and the Solars like, no, like... He's he's right. Like he, we need to have these people cleansed from the planet. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't right. know. Right. I've, I've looked into the future, and they bring great war and bloodshed. Yeah. There, this village of baby goblins should be cleansed. Yeah, or even like you know, a baby, just a baby future king, and you're trying to protect it. You know, Constantine style, where one solar may be on your team, and then another solar comes flying in the archangels come fighting around you and shit that'd be kind of fun that'd be kind of scary that'd be kind of scary also uh celestials are uh super scary because solars have the second insta kill mechanic on this list with their slaying longbow but this one has a save they have a slaying longbow that if you get hit and you have less than 100 health you make like it's not a lot it's like a dc 12 constitution save or die yeah yeah so that's it's first really of all that, yeah especially but, since uh, it's a weapon attack so they can do that every turn on you all the time yeah, i don't know but uh <laughs> and not only that every single one of these guys can like fly teleport they have auras they have like true sight or see invisibility or uh, disguise themselves as a normal person. Yep. They could just be any person on the streets. Could be a super, uber powerful being, you know? Yeah. Yep. So, you know, you're killing who you thought is big, bad, evil guy, and in swoops Archon, like, it has been foreseen that he actually changes this man must live until a later time. And you're like, really? Because he's killed a lot yeah. of people, like, yeah. and it's like, some it's guy not doing, you. Yeah, doing experiments on human subjects, and the angel's like, no, like, he makes a breakthrough, and you're like, yeah, but, you know, does he, does he make that breakthrough? Like, is it right, worth right. it? That's why I like, put Celestials above, like, the super evil people. Yeah. It's easy to make evil people bad, but it's way more interesting to make good people bad. Yeah, well, and then you have the party questioning themselves, too. Correct. This is this is the way you always have uh, one of the most 
most asked questions in D&D is like, oh, well, I have an evil guy and I'm a paladin in the group or I'm a cleric and I got to, you know, be this guy who's always, you know, making sure he doesn't kill people and stuff like that. And then, like, that guy could have a solar that's representative of his god come down and be like, yeah, like, you get it, man. Like, this guy needs to live. And then the cleric's like, wait, I've been, like, deciphering the scripture. Like, we haven't got the same idea at all, you know? He's like, yeah, and then he's like, no, no, no. This is straight from straight from the deity. This straight yeah. from the source. Yeah, this is straight from the All Father or God or God of War or whatever you. Or maybe even it. not. Maybe he just has his own ideology for that deity, and and he's gone. You know. Yeah, because there's. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it'd be like you know, the solar is like this super zealotous, burial like, Roman Catholic crusader. Whereas, like, if you had a crusader talk to like today's catholic person they would be so different in their beliefs you know hey both sides of the crusade were fighting for the holy land exactly like a crusader's like yeah we need to take the city and kill anyone who tries whereas like catholics today are like eh, is a city that important to us like i don't know man so it's a good way to make your cleric paladin goody two-shoe guy kind of question, question himself and it and it kind of it, it, it kind of gives uh the pcs a little bit of a, a little bit of poke back because like you know the cleric's always like i'm gonna turn you into the police if you do that blah 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 and now the rogue can be like huh good guys huh <laughs> and then right it's like, yeah it's like oh remember the time the emissary of god came down and threatened <laughs> to smite you guys from the earth <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm just going to go ahead and take this apple from this guy now. Yeah, I'm absolutely stealing this five gold, and if you say anything, yeah. I... <laughs> yeah. I, I don't see any... I don't see any Emissary of God coming to stop this. Yes, this is a... This is a really good... Um, this is a really good... BBEG, or just bad guy, to have. It doesn't have to be the big bad. This could just be a bad guy. This would be a really good one if, like, your paladin comes to you and he's like man i'm really tired of being like the good guy and you're just like oh do you want to be like Oathbreaker and like find out that your religion's kind of like a fucking scam you know this is a good idea all the time you have a party who's like yeah we're we're doing the right thing we're the good guys and you know they're having fun they're doing their thing and then you fuck with them like this and it's a, a whole new level of fun because yep. You've just been mind fucked. So now instead of, you know, dice effing your DM, your DM just mind effed you. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So. so, yeah, tips for DM. Use this on a holy party. It won't have the impact if everyone's just a bad guy. They'll just be like, can we kill this guy? Can we fight this guy? And it's like, sure, I guess. Uh, right. <laughs> use this in certain spots where maybe a party has two or three clerics or a paladin cleric combo, something like that. Um,. I evil like parties, you have your patrons. Yep, you use your patrons to kind of yeah. do deals. But then an all-evil party could be, like, punished by these Celestials, you know. They came to Earth to punish this party. It's pretty easy. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. pretty low-hanging fruit, you know, easy storyline to put in there. Yeah, I came to I've seen you guys, what you do, and I'm here to stop you type deal. Yeah, both, yeah, works for both good and bad parties. Yep, you're totally right. 
And PCs, if you have like a, I would suggest Celestials to your DM just because angels and stuff, you know, everyone loves like Constantine and stuff. I think Constantine's like a really cool thing. And like the Archangels and all that really fit into D&D. They're kind of fun, you know, Guardian Angels, stuff like that. There's oh yeah, d fight of good and evil. Yeah. Totally. And and you you see more evil than good, I think, in most campaigns. You're always focusing on the bad guy and then... Even if you use a celestial as like a you know someone to help you, like you know it's kind of fun to just have like a super good, crazy person every now and then. I think, yeah, I think it's kind of hard for parties to run successful evil groups, yeah. and so that's why I and I think that's why you know it more geared towards you know you you have good that's guys. That's very true. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, that's very true. But, you know, stay tuned to the podcast because we may or may not show you guys how it's done. Yeah, maybe we'll do one episode where we show you or uh, talk about how to make an evil group and how to run it. Or or we just do maybe, it. Yeah, or maybe we just all go evil at some point during this campaign. Yeah, I'd have we, to have we are always spitballing crazy ideas, guys. You don't <laughs> know what's coming. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we're up to my number two. My number two is like the politics, the evil kings or the bad kings or the other kings, the other side, this side, that side. And I put a slash in here because if you're going to do this part, if you're going to do politicking, there's one monster, there's one race that you have to have and it will always, always pay off for you as a DM. And that's, succubus. that's <laughs> there you go. Succubus. Uh, no doppelgangers. You need to have oh, doppelgangers. Baby. And you need to fuck with your party so hard with doppelgangers when they are running a very heavy political campaign. What do you think? Uh, doppelgangers are always dangerous, but especially when there's political intrigue, because then who said what? Yep. Uh, um, and I like... Oh, go ahead. For those of you who don't know, uh, doppelgangers is a race of people in D&D who can take on the appearance of anyone. They can look like anyone. Like perfectly. Perfectly and sound, it, it, look like the person, yeah. but they can't, they won't have the same memories and shit. So if you really question a doppelganger, you can find them. But just at first glance and the way they talk, you'll never find them. Uh, and politics is a really good choice too, because the problem with politics is who is to blame? Is it the king? Is it the senate? Is it the senators? Is it some senators? Is it the, you know, is it the the judges? Is it the the police? Who are we talking about when we talk about politics? Because when we talk about politics, politics is a very big umbrella term that is used to encompass really kind of people who work on behalf of the government public public figures i think yeah okay yeah but it's it's it is government one of the reasons yeah one of the reasons it's so dangerous is because it's more than just one person it's more than just a corrupt king maybe perhaps it's it's a corrupt system yeah you never know you never know that's why i like this uh like fight fight the machine type bbeg where it's like you are going against... You could use it both ways. It's like you could go against a single kingdom's politics and be like, I need to try to make it so that this guy gets in power and you introduce like a rebellion force that's kind of trying to put up a, a puppet king or something, you know, something like that. Or you could play it as like there's three warring 
factions on this one continent and I have to bring peace to these three warring factions. Yeah. Deal. Or the government can literally just be evil. Yeah. You know? Um, there are evil governments, so Pathfinder, when we bring up Pathfinder, there's there's Cheliax, which is evil in like Forgotten Realms. There's uh, Thay, yeah. um, which is evil. Um, so there are places where racism runs rampant throughout the government. Slavery is legal. Public executions and torture. Um, and just big big i guess rights violations yep. so this can run as deep as a dm wants it to or it can be you know just some some sweetener some some cream in yeah, the, the flavor coffee, yeah know? absolutely yeah. you can sprinkle politics anywhere it's like uh something could be happening and you you have to figure out why and it's like oh it's because the senator got bribed by somebody so now you have to out the senator but it's like oh you can't just come out and out a public official you have to get proof and you have to do all that you know and then the the fun part here for your dm is is like oh your your party sees the senator making a deal with a bandit captain that was a doppelganger now the senator you accuse him in front of the whole court and half the court saw the senator at a at his house at a party that night when you said he was out so now you have to you know what I'm saying? That's where the doppelgangers come. Oh, yeah. You need to do. Sure. You can have so much nice intrigue, and this is like DMs. This will be uh, a party that likes RP, a really RP heavy. This is like really RP and skill based stuff. Uh, there will be some combat probably with guards and stuff like that, but it will. It's going to be higher level stuff. Yeah, for it'll, sure. It'll be a lot of RP. So if you have a group who loves RP, loves talking to kings and princes and making deals and making bribes and weeding out bribes and deals and stuff like that. This is, this is a good campaign for you. If you got a bunch of guys who are good at talking to each other in character and talking to you as the DM, this is a really fun campaign idea. Yeah, I agree. PCs. Uh, if you find yourself in a political campaign, you know, there are, I want to, I always want to list spells, plenty of spells, zone of truth. You want to have a zone of truth. Uh, that just seems like the best one. Detect good and evil. Detect magic. Yeah, yeah, Locate detect. object is always good. Uh, there always seems to be a lot of stealth in these, so uh, Pass Without Trace is, is amazing. And listen, a political campaign doesn't mean that only the faces can roleplay. Yes. All right? So people can investigate to, to find out things. People can roll like their knowledge checks or whatever the 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 checks that can get them information while they're listening into conversations to to be able to discern truths or lies or to to give a, a tidbit of information that could help to yeah. the face intimidate so, you know a barbarian could intimidate yeah. somebody by you know maybe a persuasion intimate like a persuasion isn't working because the guy's just not going to change his mind and it's like oh we better strong arm this guy so now it's the barbarian's time to shine the rogue uses a sleight of hand ties him up and the barbarian's fucking punching him you know beating him up while someone questions him yeah or maybe the the rogue steals something important and you guys like blackmail him or yep. so there's there's lots of different ways um that you can get around role play, yeah, with without just relying on charisma based skills. Yep, surveillance like a druid. Turn into a mouse. Go go sit yeah. in someone's house for three hours. 
you know, there's all these things you, you can do. Uh, you don't got to be a warlock. Go to the library. Yeah, go to Look the library at, as a wizard. Look at... Or some stuff. Yeah, have your... Have your uh, that's a good one. Go look at town blueprints of the castle layout and stuff like that, you know. Have the DM kind of send you maybe, you know, comes back to it. Maybe he'll send you a floor plan to a certain floor of the castle. Maybe if you rolled too low, you looked at the wrong floor and now you're lost, you know. Yeah, lots of stuff you can do. Yeah, government. Lots of you ways to keep it. busy. It's a very yep. fun campaign. Very fun. Yep. I, I find them a lot of fun. Intrigue is interesting. And then, and it can help characters come out of their shell, too. Or players. It can help players come out of their shell. Yep. Uh, it always seems like, uh, yeah, as a DM, talk to everybody. Don't just talk at the face. You know, if the face is trying to talk to you, you know, and you have a wizard in the party who's just kind of shy or, like, looking away, even as a player, you know... Uh, as the DM, like if you're a king or something, be like, what say you wizard, you know, bring, bring them into the conversation. You don't have to roll to be in the conversation. You don't have to roll persuasive, you know, you can oh, be a barbarian to join into the table talk conversation. You, you, don't know? Have to, you don't necessarily always have to role play it either. That's one of the, the biggest problems I see sometimes too, is that DMs will be like, well, what do you say? How do you say it? Yeah. It, it's like, you know, you're not asking him to actually cast a fireball. Yeah, exactly. You're you not know, asking so, him to go kick a door down. Exactly. Well, you can't kick a door down. Okay, well, I can't also smooth talk a princess, <laughs> you know, but my character can. So I'm going to roll the dice and we're going to take it from there. So, you know, don't push your characters or your players out of their comfort zone. Yeah, that's very Everyone cool. So yeah, we'll go we'll go back through the list uh, up until this point, and then I'll get your number one suggestion, and we'll compare. So number ten, we had just normal people who are kind of bad people. Number nine, we had random monsters. Eight, we had uh, captains or important leaders, but are still kind of just people. Number six is party parody, so uh, special people, wizards, warlocks, barbarians, and stuff. Six was the Demon Lords. Five was a Lich. Four was the Devil Lords. Three was Celestials. And two was a Politico doppelganger based campaign where anybody could be the big bad evil guy. And what do you think? What do you think number one is, Corey? What do you got for number one? So, me personally. I would choose a pet companion or familiar. <laughs> Nothing breaks the soul more than their most beloved NPC. Yep. Their 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 even one of the other players that has been traveling with them the whole time. Nothing makes people go whoa like step up like stand up throw their hands up like i can't believe it then if it's their familiar that was actually you know just keeping tabs on you guys because keep your you know friends close enemies closer so yeah. he wanted right there to know exactly when you know you guys were up to stuff and has just like been leaving at night or telepathically trans or transferring information or something. Um, or one of the guys that you've been traveling with, you, you killed 
you know, Zeriel with, you made a, a blood oath with. That's it's 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 gut wrenching, man, to yeah. Yeah, that's, have a, a companion. Yeah, yeah, someone turns on you. And- knows you everything about your characters yeah it really does i love those i love those we'll call those honorable mentions those are really good ones i love the companion one like you said just keeping tabs on them because there will always be a point in that campaign where the players look at each other and they just have you'll feel the tension in the room and there's just this really eerie feeling where they're just like someone will be like how does he know where we are all the fucking time Yep, yep. There's always that one <laughs> moment, and everyone's just like, "Man, I don't, I don't know," and it never gets brought up again. And then they start looking for invisible, invisible sensors, scrying on yep. them, and all this. You know, they're going into rooms by themselves, and they're like, "Is anyone else around?" No, it's just yep. y- you, him, and fucking uh, Fishkins here, the cat. <laughs> that's that's yep. the only three people in this room. Yeah, listen. Sometimes it's more important to keep tabs and maybe even slow down the heroes than it is to to make big evil moves. Yep. Yep. It'll it'll make it more engaging along the way as well. If they're they they keep seeing the same enemy. Repeat your enemies. Make them the same. Oh, yeah. Make them fight the same enemies three times in a week and they're just like how, first of all, they, this is on purpose. Someone is sending these to us. Second of all, how do they keep just finding us? We haven't been in the same place for a week. And it's like, yeah. oh, oh, you know. It's- and at at the end, that last fight, you will never see more passion and fire underneath, you know, fanning your your players on than that last fight when they're fighting their best ally. Yep. Yeah. I love it. I love those. Fortunately, they weren't my number one. My number one, it's got to be number one for this. It's in the name, Corey. It's a dragon. Oh, yeah. All right. I guess I, I deserve <laughs> a little face palm here. <laughs> My number one best BBG is a dragon. And I think I'm going to go out and I'm going to go straight out onto this limb and jump off. And I'm going to tell every DM listening to this, most of them, 95% of you are running dragons as a bad guy wrong. Dragons can change into people and affect the world more than you ever know. Dragons are not just sitting on a big pile of gold waiting for someone to come talk to them. Some of them might be, but some of them not. may be. But if you want to, if you want a really cool BBEG, just have a person. You know, maybe they're a lizard folk. You know, they're just always around. Maybe they're important. Maybe they're not. I don't know. But towards the end, it's like. They're, they've heard stories of this dragon that's always around and it's, you know, they've seen the dragon, but they don't see it in the same room as that NPC, you know. It's, uh, a dragon can get deep. They're ultra smart, smart ancient beings in this, in this world. And uh, I just think a lot of people play the dragon BBEG wrong. They're, they can be very, very fun BBEGs. According to, like, some of the lore and stuff, like... All of the oldest and strongest spells were uh, like originated in Draconic, and so back in especially the earlier editions, if you had a wizard, he spoke Draconic. He yep. had to speak. Yep. Also, there's always the point, and just like Corey said, 
you've had this NPC around. And at some point, however you get there, they back them into a corner or they end up finding a horde and they're like, oh, well, we'll just wait for the dragon to come back to its horde. It's got to come back sometime, right? Having a humanoid person just rip their skin off and just start morphing into this giant dragon while the party sleeps or something or right in front of them is such an awe-inspiring moment and then they're all going to say it you know they're all going to notice it as well you know this guy's been keeping tabs on him this dragon is trying to affect the world trying to maybe drive people out of its lands or something like that that it can have any motive a person can have to be evil yeah and the reason dragons are number one According to, like, the D&D lore, dragons are, like, the first race. Yep. They were in this realm before anything else. Bahamut, Tiamat, they made everything. I, yeah, they used to be one dragon called Io, yep. and they got ripped apart. That's why one's lawful or evil and one's good. Yep. They're both and, lawful. Yep, and as the, the new races Tiamat wanted to destroy the other races and gods and stuff and keep it all dragons while Bahamut wanted to let all things live equally in prosperity. Um, And so they they sealed her away. But they are the original. So they, they have powers. If you look at dragons... Um, if it's not just like a little baby dragon, it's got powers. It's got a badass breath weapon. It's got a nice speed. Yeah, it's got bites. It's got claws. It's got tail. It's got everything. And higher level dragons, the older dragons, you start getting into spell levels. Powerful spell levels. Spells per day. You know? Um, all these abilities. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, dragons are cool. Dragons are yeah. really cool. And I think they kind of get passed over because they. I think people think they're played out. You well, know? there's a new type of dragon now, too. The, the crystal dragons. Crystal dragons? Yep, those are so, really cool. Yeah, it is. I like how they've, they've kind of refreshed a couple things. They've added, you know, a couple new races of drow. They've added the new race of dragons. Um, they've added feats that have to do with, like draconic gifts and stuff now too which is really cool um but yeah dragons definitely deserve to be really high up here number one on any D list for sure so some tips for dms for running dragons i will say my number one tip uh a lot of it is politics and stuff like try to lead them on all that uh you know give them a backstory that's like you know i think dragons should rule people like you guys should be subservient to me so now it's like you can bring you can bring every other bad guy in to fight a bad guy celestials can come in and be like no 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 you don't rule my people i rule my people devils can come in and be like no 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 their souls are already belong to me you know you can bring these people in and it's like canonically like dragons fight all these super powerful beings all the time so, that's one of my uh, tips for DMs. Also, another one is never run one dragon. Always yeah, that run a good and bad dragon. It'll make it so much more fun. And it'll it'll kind of clue people in, you know. 
they just uh, halfway through their, you know, level 10, level 11, make it so like some really shiny good guy monk comes walking up to him. And he's like, hey guys, like you want to blah, blah, blah. And they go out in the woods and he's like, all right, I have a secret to tell you. I'm actually an ancient white dragon and I'm trying to find this evil dragon and stop him. And then they're like, whatever, fuck you. And then he turns into an ancient white dragon. And everyone's like, holy fucking shit. Like dragons can be people and this, that, and the other. It's like, that's it. And then, and then you have like a dragon, a dragon dude helping you fight like an evil dragon dude. I think that's a, that's a good way to run dragons. Um, my tip was going to be for the, for the DMs. Run dragon families. Don't just run a dragon. Ooh, yeah. These creatures, they give birth, and they are alive for hundreds or thousands of years together. You know, they may not get along, they may not live together, but the death of a dragon spreads. And, you know, you kill the wrong dragon, and you got a blood feud. Yep. You got, Absolutely. you know, you got all the aunts, the uncles, the moms, the, the brothers... You got this whole mountain range of dragons coming after you. Um, so they can be fun. And, you know, they can be babies. They can be, yep. you know, great elder worms. So, um, yeah, have fun with it. Don't just do one. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Multiple dragons. Put them everywhere. Just have dragons everywhere. Don't do that, but still. Uh, yeah. Also... Uh, try to try to have a feud like if you're having like say pick a pick a uh, place that you want your campaign to take place and pick a place for the dragon so if it's going to be you know like a forest it would be a green dragon if it's a mountain it's going to be a red dragon typically water is like blue tundra is like white have the people in that place also be fighting the dragon for some reason so if it's the yeah. mountain have like the giant tribes of the mountain hunting down this dragon or being killed by the dragon or working for it or working for the dragon you know if it's a blue dragon in the water have merfolks working worshiping this dragon as a god you know you could have any yeah of this. maybe so you can even splash in you know all these different monster types you don't have to just have dragons guarding dragons everyone can guard dragons because they are very influential and they are very yeah, Powerful. dragon politics is a thing. Every dragon knows every other dragon. Why? Because dragons are boastful. Dragons are large and powerful. And they, like um, and they live for a long time. Yep. So, you know, you killed this dragon, and yeah, you got his family against you, but you might be approached by another group um, on behalf of you know, these dragons that hated that dragon and have been wanting him gone for a long time. And so now you got allies. Or you might have a piss off a nation because that dragon was protecting this nation because they gave it sacrifices. Yep. Yep. So lots, lots and lots of stuff you can do with that as far as stories still too. Absolutely. And who doesn't want to fight a dragon? And dragons are badass. So yeah, use dragons. Um, as far as players go, uh, read the environment, read the color of the dragon, you know, red dragon, fire, probably not good. They, they share a color, you know, it, a, share a, a get a ring weapon. of fire resistance, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, if, if you're going into a swamp, you might want some poison resistance some for that. Stuff like that yeah. 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 So... Um, 
very, very environmental. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it's determined by the environment. You know, you aren't going to get a black dragon in the tundra. Yep. Um, unless your DM's fucking with you. Yeah. And that, at which point you got a question. Why is this black, t- black dragon in the tundra? Because magic, that's why. Do some do some research on dragons. There's uh, libraries have shit. We'll say that on each one. Hell yeah! If I was a wizard and I was attacked by a dragon, I'd be like, ah, you know, you're a you're a red dragon. Yeah, I'm sending you to the tundra, son of a bitch. Have fun in the North Pole. <laughs> See, uh, whenever you get back, I guess I'll try to. Try yeah, until right. Then. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, you're a you're a you know a white dragon. Have fun in this lava-filled mountain. Right, Green Dragon, have fun in the middle of the ocean, you dick. <laughs> That's fun. Sorry, 100 feet underwater. Yeah. Alright. I think that's it. I think that's all we got. You got any, anything else? Any more honorable mentions or anything, Corey? Um, okay, so, yeah, one more honorable mention. Uh, a teacher, a trainer... A sensei, a patron, you know. um, Some authority figure in someone's life. Yeah, father figure, someone that the the party looked up to who they thought was helping them. Um, Like I said, as as the DM, they're trying to fuck with you, so hit them where it hurts whenever possible. Take take their their beloved figures and NPCs and, and twist them and make them cry. Absolutely. Unless you're Andrew, in which point, don't do that. And awesome is just a possum. <laughs> yeah, Andrew, if you're listening to this, don't fucking touch him. Yeah, we know where you live. Yeah, this we... will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that one's really good. That one's really good. I like, especially if they get really attached to that person, and that person may even save their life, but end up turning on them and stuff like that. It's like. Oh, yeah, and as the DM, too, you can definitely... Oh, yeah, he rolled a, a 20 and saved your life right before you were gonna die, go off the edge. You failed that save, but he saved you. Yep. <laughs> so you can make that happen. Um. Anyways, uh, if there's something that you thought should be on the list, I think that we covered quite a, a few yeah, tropes. Yeah, um, you know... Uh, Go ahead, send us a, a tweet, send it to us on Instagram. You can message us on, on any of our social media accounts, and depending on which one you choose, you'll you'll get a different one of us. Andrew's Facebook, um, Austin is Twitter, and I'm Instagram. I'm, I'm there. I don't post much, but I'm there. I, I, I'm not a picture-type guy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, I have a feeling Austin's going to put this up in uh a poll and you know you tell us what you think yeah what's your favorite bbg to either run or be ran in yeah or some stories you have when something happened or like i said something we missed absolutely always tell us stuff we miss or correct us we're all here to learn together yeah yeah and if you like episodes like this let us know Uh, yeah we uh Request some we, episodes. If you guys got a good idea that you want an episode on, just you let us know and we'll probably make it. Yeah, I think um, unless someone tells us something else, I think some of our filler episodes are going to be geared towards 
um, DMs and players and, and giving you guys more tools in your toolbox to help you guys run a, a fun and rounded game. Yeah, run a fun game, play a fun game. I, we want to make everybody a better a better D&D player is what a lot of these filler episodes are going to be. Yeah. We're going to try to do some fun ones, some more drafts or some more uh, other stuff, but I think yeah, it comes and- down to uh, character building, all that stuff is going to be... Yeah, and if you've watched or listened to our podcast, you know we we build our characters completely different. We play our characters completely different, and we are kind of a, a fairly role-play-heavy um, podcast. So, um, yeah, send us tips also, you know, uh, that you want to see us do in in the game, you know. And like I said, if you send it to Twitter or Instagram, that's going straight to me and Austin. We'll run it by the guys, and Andrew won't see it until the week before we roll it out on the podcast for you guys to listen to. Yes, sir. We keep secrets. Oh, yeah, we do. And if you're Andrew, we don't keep any secrets from you. We, we tell you completely honest. Yep. Yep. And we only use the one chat that you're a part of. Yep, not, there are no other chats with just players. No. <laughs> Alright, uh, I think that'll be it for this week, guys. Uh, we'll see you next week. Bye!